Hello, Louisiana. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Monday, September 30th of 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. There will be a big turnover in the state legislature this year with the elections less than two weeks away. And it's more important than ever that agriculture is well represented in this big turnover. We'll talk more about that with former Louisiana rice farmer Kevin Birkin, who's running for the state Senate. That's coming up later in the podcast. But first, here's a look at news headlines. A top American Farm Bureau official says the Farm Bureau is determined, regardless of the impeachment fight, to see the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade deal cross the finish line. American Farm Bureau Executive Director Dale Moore says whether it's impeachment or some other Washington distraction, his team will spare no effort to win USMCA for America's farmers and ranchers. Whatever else is going on in Congress, whether it's you know the impeachment inquiry that has popped up on the radar, the budget process that is always uh, dominates you know this time of the year. Uh, again, our focus and, and our push and our urging, encouraging to folks on Capitol Hill is let's get USMCA done. Moore says even the clock and a two-week congressional recess now won't hinder Farm Bureau's all-out effort to win a trade deal worth billions for U.S. agriculture and those who depend on it. That gives us another chance, you know, for our grassroots members, our grass tops leaders uh, to be visiting with the men and women uh, that they've elected. Uh, let's get USMCA done when those folks are back home for town hall meetings or whatever else they've got going on. So from our standpoint, USMCA and its consideration this fall still very much uh, something we have on our radar for getting done this fall. But impeachment is definitely now a big distraction. Lawmakers on both sides and President Trump himself fear that USMCA could become collateral damage. Still, Moore believes that USMCA is a political winner for both parties. I'm sure there are folks out there that have their reasons for perhaps not supporting USMCA, uh, but certainly what we are hearing from Republicans and Democrats alike is uh, they want to find a way to get USMCA done. American Farm Bureau's Dale Moore. Meanwhile, the U.S.-Japanese trade deal could be a big benefit to U.S. meat and milk producers. Gary Crawford has more from Washington. We don't have time to list all the U.S. ag products that could see more sales in Japan from the new trade agreement, but on the livestock side, Deputy Agriculture Secretary Steve Sensky says beef producers should come out pretty well. Japan is already their top market. We export about $2 billion a year there. We're going to see the tariffs go down from about 38% down to around 9%. Over time, and also Japan's already the biggest export market for U.S. pork producers. We export about $1.8 billion worth of pork to Japan, and once again, we're going to see our tariffs go down in that market. And for U.S. dairy producers. We're going to have tariff reductions for a lot of our products, our hard cheeses, our mozzarella. We have some specific quotas for whey and processed cheese and skim milk powder. Sensky says the new trade deal should allow U.S. meat and dairy producers to compete on a level playing field with other countries in the Japanese market. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. Producing Louisiana sugar sustainably is a decades-long industry commitment. Don Molino takes a closer look. 
Jim Seymour, General Manager of the American Sugarcane League, explains sugar sustainability. We, as an industry, have for years been making efforts to um, to be more sustainable, and sustainable means a whole bunch of different things, but primarily in today's world, it means uh, uh, providing and doing and undertaking agricultural processes that improve the quality of, of soil health, uh, improve productivity in ways that are maybe less invasive than, than in prior years. Jim, this really isn't anything new for the uh, sugar industry, is it? No, we've been undertaking efforts and doing research on, on things like uh, precision agriculture and, and applying chemicals and fertilizers only when they're needed. Uh, uh, managing residue, leaf material left over in the crop, uh, double cropping systems, and and uh, uh, using cover crops when uh, cane isn't growing in the winter months. A number of different things like that to improve soil health and uh, in the long ter- term uh, increase the sustainability, which is the long term health of uh, the sugar industry. When I'm talking about long term health, I'm talking out. Uh, 5, 10, 15 years down the road. A part of, of sugar policy and, and what we're looking for in Washington is just simply a level, a level pr- playing field. And most every sugar-producing country in the world uh, has some subsidy system that subsidizes production. And uh, in, in sugar policy in America, we simply look for a policy that levels the playing field and allows our growers to fairly compete uh, with others. So we think that as long as the playing field is level and that uh, hidden subsidies offered by uh, other countries, other sugar-producing countries around the world, uh, do not uh, come into effect and, and uh, overtake our industry, that's, that's what we're looking for uh, with sugar policy. Jim Seymour, General Manager of the American Sugarcane League. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. The LSU Ag Center has scheduled a meeting on industrial hemp. The meeting is scheduled for November 13th and will take place at the State Evacuation Shelter on U.S. Highway 71 south of Alexandria. The full-day event will feature presentations by hemp researchers, producers, and processors from other states, as well as Ag Center and Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry personnel. State Representative Clay Shakespeare, who authored the bill that paved the way for industrial hemp legalization in Louisiana, will also speak. Louisiana did not participate in the Industrial Hemp Pilot Project program offered by the 2014 Farm Bill, so no legal production can occur in the state at this time. But it's anticipated that Louisiana's state plan and federal regulations will be in place to accommodate the 2020 planting season. If you're interested in attending the meeting, go to the LSU Ag Center website, lsuagcenter.com slash industrial hemp. That is a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Remember, you can always check our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.com. We update it every weekday with all the latest news and happenings right here in Louisiana agriculture. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. Just click the button in the middle of the home page, fill out your name and email address, and we'll send The Daily Voice right to your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Now let's look at the markets on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. 
We saw a very big jump in the soybean and corn markets today. Midwest weather concerns as well as short covering both helping to boost those markets. Virginia McGathy is with McGathy Commodities on the trading floor in Chicago. The fact that they're both holding corn and soybeans are both holding very, very strong right now uh, could possibly bring some follow through buying tomorrow. That's going to be the big indication. Otherwise, after this, we're going to go back to watching the weather. But as you already stated, that the weather is a little bit of an issue uh, for harvest time right now. So every, everyone is uh, comfortably sitting here thinking that maybe these prices have been a little bit depressed uh, overall, uh, certainly to the delight of a lot of the farmers. I know that they're uh, happy that we got a little bit of lift in the market. November soybeans up 23 cents today, closing at 9.06. January beans up 22, 9.19 and a half. December corn up 16 and three quarters, 3.88 a bushel. March corn up 15 and three quarters, 3.99 and a half. July wheat was up eight and a half cents, 5.10 and three quarters. Rough rice closed lower. November rice down 14 cents, 12.01 and a half. January rice down 12 and a half, 12.24 and a half. November sugar down five points, 25.75. Now with a look at the cotton market, here's Don Molino. Cotton futures slightly lower on Monday with October, which expires next week, showing no trade at all. China announced they intend to carry forward their tariff rate quota rates into 2020 for corn, wheat, and cotton. This means they intend to use same TRQ rates for 2020 on 890,000 metric tons of cotton. Spec funds and cotton futures and options held a CFTC net short position of 25,238 contracts as of last Tuesday. The Codlick Index down 25 points on September 27th at 71.15 a pound. The average world price for this week updated at 53.19 a pound. That's good through Thursday. At New York Monday afternoon, December cotton, 60.77, down 13. October unchanged at 59.82. The spot market price, 60.83, down 7. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. At the Oklahoma National Stockyards on Monday, feeder steer sold 2 to $4 higher. Feeder heifers were mostly steady. Steer and heifer calves were mostly steady on a light test. The fed cattle market started out slow last week, but prices moved higher as we moved through the week. We started out at 103. We ended up on Friday selling cattle at 106 to 107 on a live basis, 167 dressed. Cattle futures dropped lower on Monday. October live cattle down 45 cents at 104.57. December down 27 at 110.30. Feeder cattle sharply lower. October feeders down $1.92 at 142.40. November feeders down $1.05, 141.92. Early voting is now underway in Louisiana, kicking off the process of electing a new state legislature. There will be a big turnover this year, and it's important that agriculture is well represented. We'll talk about that with former Louisiana rice farmer and candidate for state senate, Kevin Birkin, coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. As the old saying goes, close only counts in horseshoes. So why take the chance with weather information when it comes to critical decisions with your fields? It's time to experience pinpoint field-level forecasts that are 40% more accurate than the competition. Experience the DTN AgWeather Station. With this level of information, 
you'll know exactly what's happening at any time in your actual fields. This allows you to plant, spray, and harvest with a new degree of precision. Head to DTN.com today to learn more. The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture Podcast. Our guest today is Kevin Burkett. Kevin is a former Louisiana rice farmer from Jeff Davis Parish, currently running for state senate. How's the campaign going for you today, Kevin? It's going great, Gary. Uh, we're excited, cautiously, prayerfully optimistic, uh, uh, but uh, getting a lot of good, positive feedback, so uh, we're excited. We're really picking up steam here. we got less than two weeks to go, so um, it, it's it's going well, I, I'm, and we'll find out in in a little less than two weeks just how well it is. <laughs> well, Kevin, before we talk more about the campaign, let's take a step back, if you will. Tell our listeners a little bit about who Kevin Birkin is, where you come from, and tell us about how you got into farming and agriculture. Well, I was born and raised on a farm. Uh, I am the sixth of seven children. Uh, mother and dad farmed all their life. Dad put in 50 crops uh, and put us all through, all seven kids, through St. Maria Goretti Catholic School, uh, put us all through college. Six of us went to Magnese, and uh, my, one others went to UL. Uh, I came home back to farm and then decided, well, maybe uh, doing something different. I uh, wanted to see if I could do something different. So I moved out to California for just shy of nine years, and I... Uh, was a real estate agent there and a an associate broker. Uh, ended up being a sales manager of a Century 21 office of over 100 agents, uh, where we were top 20 in the nation. Um, Dad became ill, so I moved back to Louisiana and was actually was going to open up a real estate office in Lake Charles, but I got bit by the uh, farming bug again, and I uh, started farming and I put in 23 crops myself. It was there that I really started giving back and to the community on, on uh, different parts in agriculture, uh, church. Uh, I'm also with schools, OLI and Notre Dame, OLI and Jennings, Notre Dame and Lake Charles, I mean, uh, Crowley. Uh, I've been on about two dozen uh, boards and committees and I've uh, been chairman of about a dozen of those uh, on the local parish, state, and national level, including such things as the uh, Louisiana Rice Promotion Board, where I was chairman of that organization for 10 of the 15 years I was on there, uh, appointed by three governors. Uh, John Bell Edwards decided not to uh, reappoint me, but I, I wear that with a badge of honor. Also on other parts of the community, uh, Jennings American Legion Hospital. I'm on the board there. I was chairman of the board at at uh, Our Lady Immaculate School in Jennings for six of the six years uh, I was on there. Also chairman of Notre Dame High School in Crowley, that school board committee for three of the four years that I was on there. So diverse background, resume such that uh, lends uh, me to really run for this office and be prepared I am a conservative uh, Republican, uh, smaller government, lower taxes, fewer regulations, pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, build-the-wall kind of guy. Uh, all of that in a nutshell. I hope that's uh, what you're asking. 
Well, Kevin, you decided last year to take the leap from farming into the political arena. Uh, that obviously is, is something that you don't take lightly. Um, I guess, what was the motivation behind uh, making that transition from farming into politics? Um, well, I've always liked uh, the politics ever since I was 18, whenever I registered as a Republican then, and my first uh, vote was for Ronald Reagan. Always been interested in that, but never could really get into it because I was farming and rice farming. Uh, when you need to be on the farm planting your rice, that's when all the session was going on in Baton Rouge. So I needed to stay, uh, you know, here at the farm. But as things worked out, I'm, I got out of farming. I'm doing this full time. And so it allowed me to, uh, it allowed me to, uh, focus my attention on running for this office. I, uh, like I said, I've always been uh, a kind of a, a junkie in the political world. So I've always been following it uh, all of my life. And I'm really, and the reason why I'm running uh, is I'm tired of Louisiana being on the bottom of all the good lists and the tops of all the bad. We can do so much better. We have so many assets at our disposal here in the state so many good people. We are 50th in the nation uh, right now. Uh, and we've been that way for years. All of your listeners know that we've been on the bottom of all the good lists and the tops of the bad. And ever since I was out there in California, when uh, all of these rankings and things would come out, and, and, and I found out how people thought about our state, and I really didn't like it. And it was always been a burr under my saddle all this time. And now I have an opportunity to go Baton Rouge and change it. And we have, as a state, have an opportunity to change what's going on in Baton Rouge because a big number, big number of uh, legislators are going to be brand new. If we can get a new governor over there. I think we can chart a new course and we can do great things for Louisiana and, and do something that we haven't done before and just really get us off the bottom and move us up the charts. Kevin, how do you feel that your farming and agricultural background would help you as a state legislator? Well, uh, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. Uh, and farmers solve problems. We are problem solvers. We, and, and things that we cannot control. The biggest thing that we cannot control, obviously, is the weather. And there's a lot of things in Baton Rouge you can't control, but you work with it. We work with uh, times that we're dry on the farm, times that we're wet on the farm. We work with it. We make the best of those things. Same thing's going to happen in Baton Rouge. You've got a good common, good old-fashioned common sense to solving problems that are over there. Look, there are so many problems in Baton Rouge on every aspect that I've looked at. Um, it, it's just it's mind-boggling, the things that we got to do to try to get us off of those lists that are so terrible for all of us and move us up to it. That's why I'm, I've got, I'm, I'm not complaining about, just complaining about where we are. I'm trying to do something about it. If people would go to my website at kevinburkin.com, kevinburkin.com, you will find on there a thing called 40th in four. I am the only guy in the state that I know of who is actually has a goal, has a plan to get us off of that 50th ranking to the 40th ranking in my first four years. Uh, and I invite people to go to my website and look at that. And uh, it's I'm excited about that thing and uh, to do something different. 
we can do so much better in Louisiana if we have the right people, good conservative people in the state Senate. And that's where things have been just bogged down and bottled up and thrown out is in the Senate. So uh, I'd like to be one of those guys who conservative guys in the Senate who's going to make the change that we need to make in Louisiana. He is Kevin Birkin, former Louisiana rice farmer running for the Louisiana State Senate. Again, his website, kevinburkin.com. And Kevin, best of luck to you in the election coming up in a couple of weeks. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Gary. That's uh, very nice of you. Thank you much. And that does it for this Monday edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for September 30th of 2019. We'll be back tomorrow, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.